following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Basketball Society. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Atlantic Files, brought to you by BasketballSocietyOnline.com and the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. Of course, we have here Mike Bash, myself, Alex Fishbein, and this week we have Enviers from YouTube, from the channel Enviers. How you doing, man? What's up? Thanks for having me on talk about basketball. Hey, I appreciate appreciate you coming on, man. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do this week is we want to finish off our looking around the league series. And of course, the last division we have left to do is one division that, well, currently has a little bit of drama going on. We have the Northwest Division. And last season, uh, the Northwest Division finished out with the Blazers in first, the Thunder in second, the Jazz, the Timberwolves, and then the Nuggets in last. But every single team finished above 500 because that's just how crazy the Western Conference is. So, as always, we'll start with the number one team here. We'll start off with the Trailblazers who finished 49-33 and 33 last year. Uh, Mike, how about you start this one off? So the Trailblazers, I think... Uh definitely outproduced everyone's expectations last mm-hmm. year 49 wins and being the three seed they have star players in damian lord and cj mccomb um but they definitely i think will take a step back this year i do like their um some of their young pieces like zach collins that they brought in he he didn't really get to play a lot last year in his rookie season so it'll be interesting to see uh, what he does in year two, they and they traded for Yusef Nurkic. Uh, I believe it was, might have been two seasons ago from the Denver Nuggets, and he really solidified their front line. Uh, their team has a lot of shooting, a lot of good guard play. Uh, they're obviously heavily reliant on Willard and McCollum to produce. So I think this 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 year uh, you're going to see another strong season from them. But I don't think they're going to win the division. I think um, they'll probably regress. By a few games, maybe to like 47, 46 wins. Uh, they okay. drafted – who did they draft? They drafted Gary Trent Jr. and Anthony Simmons mm-hmm. uh, or Anthony Simons. Uh, Simons is kind of a wild card. He uh, didn't play college ball, was at – I think it was IMG Academy. So yep. uh, there's all, you're chasing the upside there. Uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how his game translates, if he has to spend time in the G League or if he just comes out, you know, firing. Uh, Gary Trent – um, he was a very good shooter, very good scorer at Duke. He had a lot of other guys, um, you know, that had to play with, with who had a lot of talent. So I don't know how much of a playing time initially he will get, but I think in the second round he was definitely worth a, worth taking a chance on, and I think he can contribute off the bench for them in, in year one. So, yeah, I'd say about uh, 46 wins is probably my prediction right now for them. How about you, Josh? Um, 
I do a thing on the NBA preview, which is uh, my series I have on my YouTube channel and viewers that I usually go by under over. So if that's cool with you guys, last year they had 49 wins, correct? Yep. Yes. You said 46. Uh, I'll, I'll have to agree with you there because last year they were super lucky with uh, Jimmy Butler going down with injury for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And the Minnesota Timberwolves are like the third, fourth seed when he was healthy. But then he got injured. They slid and the Blazers were able to go up. Spurs, I said this in my Blazers video, Spurs, uh, they didn't have Kawhi. They're, they're obviously going to be better this upcoming season. And what other team was it? Uh, the Pelicans. Pelicans didn't have DeMarcus Cousins. So when you look at those three teams, for the most part, they got better besides the whole Timberwolves situation that's going on right now. So 46 is a definitely realistic goal for them. They'll still be above 500, I do believe. Uh, but that forward spot that they got going on on the roster doesn't look pretty. Mo Harkless, Al Farouk Aminu, like these guys aren't star players to go alongside CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard, but it's been working somehow. And I, don't, I honestly don't know how it's been working with those two and then the rest of the, the roster being as average as it is. So, yeah, definitely not above 49 wins this upcoming season. Yeah, it's kind of, you see Lillard and McCollum, and then it's kind of just like a, a precipitous drop after that. You got guys like Evan Turner and Al Farouk Aminu who just never lived up to, you know, what they were drafted to be. And you have some nice young pieces like Caleb Swanigan and and uh, and Nick, I'm sorry, uh, Alex. They have your boy Nick Castillo. Uh, Nick Stauskas, jeez. Sauce Castillo, Sauce Castillo. What, I was trying to, yeah, there you go. what I was trying to say. <laughs> and they did sign Seth Curry, so uh, they'll definitely add some more shooting there. But yeah, Definitely I really... improved three-point shooting team, it looks like. Yeah, right. and uh, they brought in a Jersey boy in Wade Baldwin. So it'll be interesting to see how these all these guards uh, shake out. But yeah, I'd say 45, 46 wins is probably where they're at. What about you, That's Alex? Realistic. Um, I'm honestly going to go even less with you here because back on – our original prediction uh, series for the Atlantic Division, I talked about CJ McCollum getting traded to the Sixers. Um, so I believe that, you know, they're going to go probably like a third or maybe even halfway through the season, probably not get the results that they wanted to or expected to. And I think they're going to trade away some pieces here and try and, uh, you know, kind of reconfigure the team into a way that they could build around Damian Lillard still and also still be primed to actually uh, beat some of these Western Conference teams like the Rockets, like the Warriors, like the Lakers. Um, so I think this, this season, this current season, isn't going to be, uh, that great of one. I'm going to say they dip down to 41 wins. Um, and I'm saying that they'll miss the playoffs as well. Uh, I do like some of the guys on there, but a lot of these guys are, you know, that one piece you would probably need on your bench to be a championship winning team, not all of them together to make one team. Um, other, like you guys were saying, other than Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, a lot of these guys are, you know, I I don't really want to, I don't, I don't mean to sound disrespectful and say that they're glorified role players, but pretty much what they are. Um, Evan Turner, a guy honestly, on my side, I've never liked ever since the Sixers drafted him. 
Uh, <laughs> um, but you know, he still finds a way to stick around and, and contribute something to a team. Uh, Maurice Harkless is another guy that, you know, has been improving, but is still not a guy that you're consistently going to start or anything like that. I do really like the upside in Anthony Simons. That was one guy that I thought you should definitely take a waiver on in the draft. And with where Portland was, I like that pick from them. Um, and then outside of them, you know, it's a lot of guys that they're just kind of testing out and seeing if they find a diamond in the rough, um, like like you were saying, Mike, with Gary Trent Jr., uh, they got a guy like Seth Curry who can provide some shooting. Uh, Stauskas in there, I mean, he's proven to be very mediocre. I do like Nurkic a little bit. I think he brings a kind of toughness to the team that they didn't really have before. Um, but, yeah, outside of that, uh, there's not really much to be that confident about in the team, especially when they're paying guys like Harkless and Myers Leonard, like 10 mil, and all Evan that. Too. Yeah, Evan Turner's up the Evan Turner's the third highest paid player on the team right after Lillard and McCollum. So uh Was he have... was he a part of that uh twenty sixteen free agency where everyone just got paid like insane amount of money? I believe I so. so, yeah. Cause he was on Boston and then Portland signed him out of Boston. Uh and that was when they also re signed Alan Crabb, but then shortly afterwards traded him to Brooklyn. Unfortunately. Um, yeah, so now he's your guy's problem. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so I, I agree with you guys that, you know, there's not really not much to be, like, super excited about in Portland. Uh, I mean, obviously it's fun to watch McCollum and, and Lillard do their thing. But, yeah, I have them dipping down to, to 41 wins. So with that being said, we'll move over to another team with a couple other exciting superstars here in Oklahoma City who finished 48-34. and 34. Uh, Josh, what, what are you thinking about them this year? They got better. Um, the addition of Dennis Schroeder as a sixth man, he could start on a variety of different teams, Orlando Magic being one of them. So when you put Dennis Schroeder coming off the bench, he's obviously in contention for sixth man of the year. Uh, who else did they get? Nerlens Noel. Yep. He played for the Dallas Mavericks last year, averages solid four points. So <laughs> I think he could at least, you know, be as good as he was with the 76ers before uh, Joel Embiid and Jaleel Okafor were there, that'd be, you know, the upside of Nerlens as well. He has a point to prove he lost a lot of money uh, that he could have signed with the Dallas Mavericks but didn't. And they also got Timothy Luau. Yep. Is that say his name? Yeah. From the Philadelphia 76ers as well. So not – they lost Carmelo Anthony. I guess that's that was kind of the big deal of the offseason, huh? He said he didn't want to come off the bench, but now he's coming off the bench with the, the Houston Rockets apparently. They got better. And in the Western Conference, I feel like they might be a top three seed. Is that is that a stretch to you guys? Oh, that's a that's a bold prediction. <laughs> three. Um, I, I, I would say this. And I don't want to disrespect Carmelo Anthony. He's likely going to be a Hall of Famer when his um, career is all said and done. Nah, I mean, but we I disrespected think... him big time earlier in this podcast, so go ahead. <laughs> but uh, I think in this instance, it's uh, it's addition by subtraction. You get rid of Carmelo Anthony, who clearly didn't fit on that roster, didn't fit in that team, didn't fit in that role. And you bring in Deont- uh, Dennis Schroeder, which 
I remember when we were talking about um, Carmelo Anthony getting traded before, and you said he, you were saying we were saying they can get somebody better than what they were all getting offered, and then they ended up getting Dennis Schroeder. I forgot who the guy was originally getting offered for him, Um, but that's yeah, it was a good trade for them. I just see one issue with their roster, and it's outside of Paul George. I do not see a single guy that can shoot on this team. Patrick Patterson, Alex Sabrinas. Those are the only two, unfortunately. I, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, I meant so more so from like guards and Forwards, guys that are going to yeah. play 25 minutes a game. Uh, Abrinas. Oh, is, I forgot it. Uh, Roberson's injured, huh? He's uh, be yeah, he's still. He actually just like got. February or something, huh? Yeah, he just suffered a setback. I think it was a few days ago, actually. So who's going to be that starting two guard? They uh, haven't uh, said yet. I don't think. I mean, I could, I could see them going Schroeder at the one and what. Well, I guess Schroeder at the one and Russell Westbrook at the two, but Russell Westbrook will obviously dominate the ball. Um, other than that, I don't know who another two guard would be. Like Jeremy Grant, no, it's two. He's a They're big part. I was thinking, I was thinking maybe either Luau Cabarro or Ferguson. Oh yeah, I could see if, if you want to give Ferguson some run. But what I was saying is, yeah, you got Russell Westbrook, you got Dennis Schroeder, you got. Ferguson, you got uh, Diallo, who they drafted in the second round. You got Jeremy Grant. Um, you got Andre Roberson when he's healthy. Like none of these guys can shoot. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook shoots like twenty eight percent from the three point line, and I, I think that was the biggest problem they ran into in the playoffs. So is they, Schroeder, they, they, I think. Yeah, yeah. Schroeder, I know for sure, is not a very good shooter. So that's the issue they have. Is when you know, yeah, they might have enough talent to just you know, use that to get to the playoffs. But when it comes to a playoff series and defenses get tight, they're going to have a lot of hard times when they can't just drive past people. They Their their way of winning is going to be dunking over people, which, hey, that's exciting in the regular season. But when it, when it comes down to it, you can't play like that in a, in a playoff series. So unless they bring in a shooter, if, if, if they have a trade up their sleeve, um, I, I don't see this team – being wildly successful, I still still think they'll make the playoffs. What did they win? 40, 47 games last year? 48 games last 48. year? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give them the same prediction that I gave to the Blazers somewhere in that range, 45 to 47 wins. Uh, okay. I think they'll obviously make the playoffs as well. But, yeah, I just I just see the lack of shooting being their, their Achilles heel here. Uh, but I do – I will like I said earlier – the loss of Melo is an, adi- an addition by subtraction because he just didn't help at all on that team last year. And after your points, I didn't realize, I completely forgot Roberson's not going to be coming back for a while. I, I'm i going to have to retract my statement saying they're top three, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> okay. maybe four or five, because I feel like Roberson, although he, he's not the best, like he's awful, awful uh, three-point shooter. He brings the defense and he makes the team. He's like the glue guy for the team. And I feel like with him, they could have been, but after your points, yeah, they don't have shooting. They have two guys off the bench, role players off the bench that can shoot. That's not a good look. Well, to be fair, Andre Roberson being out actually helps their three-point shooting. It depends on who they start. Well, I'm just saying there's less air balls for him to throw up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, while it definitely helps their three-point shooting, it definitely – puts a big hit on their defense um, because Roberson's the one guy on their team. Like every, every team wants that one guy that you can say, Hey, go guard the other team's best player. Tony Allen. Right. 
Right, exactly. And that's that's pretty much what he is, even though he's even bigger and longer than Tony Allen. Um, and there was a, a decent amount of games last year that uh, Oklahoma City you know, held the other team below 100, sometimes even below 90. Um, and they they won a few games just out of defense alone. I mean, they were in the top 10 of uh, in terms of points given up per game. Um, and in terms of defensive rating, they were also ninth. So their defense was still like a big part of who they were. And it's funny because what what I think their team turned into now, I think they kind of added to that defensive pressure because you add guys like Nerlens Noel, um, you add guys like Luau Cabarro isn't that bad on defense either from what I've seen uh, with him on Philadelphia. Uh, and you just add like a lot more length there. And then if you have a guy like Roberson who's still playing, you know, I mean, that that's going to give you a, a lot of different looks on defense and a lot of different areas where you can just switch everything, which is becoming more and more popular in the NBA on defense as well. Um, another guy that they added from the Celtics was Nader. Um, he was able to come in and give like decent minutes whenever he was called upon. Uh, for the Celtics, um, but at the same time, that was a Brad Stevens-led system. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of different things. Like, he made Evan Turner look really good. So, yeah, he pulled the Blazers. <laughs> exactly. There's there's a lot of things, like, when you have a guy coming from the Celtics that, you know, is a, is a kind of a toss-up. Um, I do like Diallo as their draft pick. I think uh, he was a, a solid selection for them. Another more lengthier guard at six foot five. Um, if they think he's ready, I mean, he could even step into the two guard. Uh, but then, you know, you still have some other guys that are kind of just head scratchers. Um, like Raymond Felton. I don't really know, you know, what he's really all going to give you, but apparently he was dropping buckets in, in the off season at like LA fitness against, uh, some other like I think there was a couple Mavericks and maybe a couple Magic players in the game he was he was playing. Oh, he was doing it against uh, uh, what the the Seth, the Steph Curry of the Sacramento Kings. Buddy Healed. Buddy Healed, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know there, there's a lot there, a lot going on there. Patrick Patterson last year they even hesitated a good amount to go to him, which I thought was weird because he's a solid player in in the defensive and offensive right. I mean, that guy can knock down corner threes all day. He just lives in the corner. Um, I still like Steven Adams, even the, and it's not only because he's a pit guy, um, which like little low key thing about Steven Adams. I lived in the same dorm as him freshman year. And this guy is amazing at pool because he can literally reach any like nook and cranny of that pool table and make any shot. It was insane. Well, that, as as great as that is, uh, just to add on to Stephen Adams, he is zero and one in his career at at the rack. So <laughs> I did see him lose, and I, I will always remember that game. Fair point. I mean, to be honest, when I watched him at Pitt, I did not think he was going to be anything close to what he is right now at Oklahoma City. Um, he really did not like wow many people at all at Pitt, but. Hey, good for him to 
improving to what he is now and being a, a defensive beast over there. And um, he was also voted by the GMs as the league's toughest player. So he has that award. This season? What was that? You think he's going to start shooting threes this season? <laughs> I... Is he going to get the uh, is he going to get the Andrew Bynum itis? Uh, oh, he's definitely not going to get I the mean, Andrew. You, you guys mentioned the, the no three point shooting. Apparently, Stephen Adams he got a he had a pretty wet shot in practice. So I don't know. I can see it. I'd Even love that to see it. Weird, but I think it would. I think it would be probably comparable to um, Valanciunas. Like Valanciunas's three point shot is very cringeworthy, but I mean sometimes they go in. So I mean, well, well here's the thing. Uh, Steven Adams' career 0 for 5 from the three-point line. So who was that guy on the Celtics, Alex? Uh, oh, uh, Baines. Aaron Baines. So maybe maybe Steven Adams becomes Aaron Baines and just starts hitting corner threes. Yeah, if it's against the Sixers, he probably will. <laughs> um, but either way, yeah, I, I think they're going to finish pretty similar to last season. I think the only thing I would say is I'm, I'm going to subtract two wins just because now LeBron's on the Lakers, and before they had some easy wins over the Lakers. You, you feel the Thunder are not as good as the Lakers, or? Uh, I don't think they're good as LeBron. <laughs> so you feel like uh, LeBron will be LeBron and his team, the Lakers, by the way, uh, will yes. be higher than the, the the Thunder this upcoming season? Yes. Um, I I, I would say so. I would I would probably put them up there. Have you guys um, done your rankings, like where, like your uh, Western Conference playoffs? I'd, I'd love to hear them personally. So, Well, we've done division by division so far. We haven't actually put them all together in the actual mm-hmm. conference yet. So, um, I, think we had, I think we both had the Lakers above 50 wins, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think we did too. So, okay. yeah, in that case, we would have them. I, I mean, I can say right now I probably have the Lakers – I uh, I probably have them like the probably the fourth or fifth seed. Yeah, that's realistic. Yeah. So and where do you have the Thunder then? The fifth seed? Thunder, sixth I'd seed? probably put the sixth seed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, like, well, I mean, with how crazy the Western Conference is, forty-six wins could even be like the eighth seed. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of like one game of parts. Exactly, because this same conference that we're talking about, the Nuggets won 46 games and missed the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, so I have the Thunder finishing off with uh, with 46 wins there. But um, So that, that brings us to the Utah Jazz, who also finished 48-34 and 34 like the Thunder last year. Uh, nice, younger, up-and-coming team. Uh, the rookie of the year runner up, the defensive player of the year. Uh, so, uh, Mike, we'll let you go first on this one. What do you think about the Jazz? So, the Jazz obviously were the one of, if not the best, defensive team in the league last year, and it showed in the playoffs. It showed throughout the whole regular season. Uh, they brought in Grayson Allen, who I absolutely despise. Uh, I'm a North Carolina guy. I'm over Duke anyway, but I just can't stand Grayson Allen. And he he played well in probably summer not league. alone. Uh, he played well in summer league. He he has played well so far in the regular season. He's definitely shown more athleticism than people thought. Uh, he he does bring a shooting touch to the Jazz, um, but he does come kind of without a position, and he's really the two guard a two guard 
but they have Donovan Mitchell. Are they going to have them both on the court? Are they going to go small and run the two of them with Ru- Ricky Rubio or make Grayson play like a quasi-point guard kind of position? I don't know. Um, but they they do have a good balance. They have um, Gobert and Favors in the post. They have guards that can score like Donovan Mitchell. And um, I'm going to assume Allen's going to be able to score at this level. They have guys like Burks and and uh, Exum and Ingles off the bench that can come on and contribute. So they do have a deep team. They do have a balanced team. Uh, it, it, I think their their success this year, if they can get to a, if they want to get to a Western Conference Finals, uh, it really depends on if if Donovan Mitchell takes that next step. If if he if he becomes that uh, 25, 26 point a game scorer and really like blossoms into a superstar more than just what he was as a rookie. Because as a rookie, yeah, he had a great year. He had 20 points a game, three three assists and three rebounds, or four four assists and four rebounds. If he gets to that 25, 6, and 5 kind of mark, which that's asking a lot, uh, yeah, then they, they will go very far and they could compete with any team in the West. Um, I don't think that's going to happen this year. I do think they are going to win the division or come in a close second. I mean, there's five teams in this division. Any five of them can win the division. Uh, so I'm going to give them a my projection at 49 and 33. Uh, hopefully this year for them that Rudy Gobert stays healthy. I know uh, I believe it was last year when yeah last year was the year he had the uh, knee injury. So yep. if he could stay healthy, if if Donovan Mitchell can take that next step, this team is a team that can improve greatly from their record. I just don't know if it's going to happen this year. So I'm going to go uh, conservative and yeah I'll say 49 and 33. If they win the division, that'll be their three seed. Um, in the West. Josh, what about you? Yeah, this team didn't change a lot in the offseason. The only thing or the only player they got was Grayson Allen. And I honestly, you were you were kind of hyping him up, saying he's going to be playing alongside Ricky Rubio, Donovan Mitchell. You feel like he's going to get that much PT this upcoming season? I, no, I, I said I, I I don't think so. But if he if he performs well, I, I was saying that I think that I could see them going to like a three guard lineup. I, I would put him, you know, there's guys like Crowder and, uh, and Burks that will probably play out above him. But being that he was a first round pick, being that he's a rookie, you don't almost, you don't know what to expect. He could yeah. hit the ground running or he could struggle mightily. And if, if he hits the ground running, I could see them playing three guard lineups, but I just don't think that's going to happen. If it does, uh, that's great for the, for the Jazz, but I don't know if it will definitely happen. Mm-hmm. He's he's really the only guy, like I said. Uh, what they do have to look forward to is Thabo Cephalosha. Wasn't he out last season with injury for a good majority of it? Yes. Yeah, I think he missed the whole year last year, or like ninety percent of it. Him? Oh no, no, he missed he missed the last fifty games. Him, Gobert, and Dante Exum all if missed this very healthy, serious time. That would be amazing because they didn't bring in anybody to go alongside Donovan Mitchell to take the next step with him. So really, if the team gets healthy, they could get a few more wins. And in the tough Western Conference, you know, you just need one or two more wins to be the top three team in the West. Uh, I personally see him as like a fourth seed in the Western Conference. Uh, Royce O'Neal had a nice little breakout playoffs against the Rockets. And even even the Thunder as well. He he had a nice little uh, appearance in the playoffs. And I like the squad. I like the coach, Quinn Snyder. But... I don't know. I guess because they're the Jazz, I don't expect them to be good, but they are <laughs> going to be good. And that's that's really all we could hope for is Donovan Mitchell taking a, a super large step because 
he was he was their primary scorer as a rookie. That's absolutely crazy. Right. Yeah. One other guy that they, I just noticed that they brought in. Now, I don't know if he's going to stick on the roster. He's probably the 14th, 15th guy on the roster. Is Jarius Lyles. I don't know if either of you guys remember him, but he was the star player on that 16 seed UMBC team that knocked off Virginia. So I always like seeing those guys like Kylo Quinn when he was on. Is he like a two way contract? Uh, it, it doesn't say. It says it's a regular contract. So. Hmm. Um, he signed it. Oh, well, it says he signed an Exhibit Ten contract. So, oh, so, so kind of like contract. Yeah, so I, I guess he probably won't end up sticking. I, I like to see those guys like Kylo Quinn who have that moment in the NCAA tournament and um and make it. But uh, I I just thought it was interesting to see him there. But yeah, no, I um they did bring in Isaac Haas, who's a guy from Purdue who. I think he's going to take a while to develop if he ever does. Um, but he is a huge body to go along with Gobert. Uh, my bad, Alex. What was your uh, what's your prediction on them? Um, no, I, I like the Jazz as well. Uh, I was actually just about to talk about Isaac Haas. I did like the the pick there, especially because you know the the Jazz have been very uh, they've been in a sort of like limbo with Derek Favors. I know they've tried to trade him, didn't really get or didn't really get any offers that they really were in love with to trade him. Um, and he's kind of, uh, you know, more of that old school type of game. I mean, he has a decent mid range and it, he has a, a very good post game, but he's not the, the stretch big to come in and, and start hitting all sorts of threes. Um, and his defense is okay. It's nothing uh, to write home about, but you, you have Rudy Gobert in the middle. So it's not like he has to be an amazing defensive big. Um, and so I think like, what they originally wanted with Derek Favors was like they wanted him originally to be that second star that like they wanted him to be the second go-to guy because I mean back in uh 14 2014 and 2015 he was averaging 16 and 8 uh like he was putting up some some really good numbers um and I believe at the time that was when he was next to well, no, when he was a rookie, he was next to Paul Millsap. So they, they thought that was going to be a big-time duo there. Um, but, you know, outside of that, uh, they have um, a couple other guys that I've liked but just haven't turned into much yet, like Dante Exum, who just really keeps getting bit by the injury bug. Um, uh, you know, after that, I do like Cephalosha as well. He's another one of those defensive-minded players. If he can get out on the floor and stay healthy and, and really lock somebody down, that frees up guys like Donovan Mitchell to not have to put forth that much energy on the defensive end and focus more on offense. Um, Joe Ingles has been a huge, huge key to this, this team. Um, memes, memes aside, this guy has been very important to the Jazz. Uh, just his development and growth um, ever since that uh, was it the Olympics or like the World Cup that he just wowed everybody when he was with Australia. I forget what it was, but that was right when uh, NBA teams started knocking on his door right after that that tournament. Um, so I really like Joe Ingles as well. Grayson Allen is another guy. I agree. I I'm not his biggest fan, especially with all the tripping stuff that you know happened in college. Uh, but at the same time, I think he fits into this team pretty well. And as you were saying about, you know, playing with Mitchell and going into three guard lineup, um, 
on basketball reference, it did say out of uh, Mitchell's, all of Mitchell's minutes played, 34% of those minutes came at point guard. Um, and that was with, you know, Rubio uh, already in there. The only person who wasn't back was like Exum, but they were still playing Raul Neto. Uh, and so they still had other point guards in there, but he was still playing 34% of his time as a point guard. So I think if, you know, you do put Grayson Allen in there, I think you would probably shift Mitchell to the point guard spot um, and kind of just let him, you know, make some plays based off of his scoring threat that he is. Uh, so I think that would be an interesting lineup for them to play with. And I see them, you know, kind of hovering around the same. I, I would put probably put them at 49 wins here. Mm-hmm. That's fair. So the next team on uh, the team that came in fourth place and a team that's probably going to be the most unpredictable right now with what they have going on, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, they finished 47 and 35, got the eight seed by one game. Uh, but they got bounced pretty quickly by the Houston Rockets, which is a surprise to no one. They have a ton of talent at the top with Wiggins, with Towns. Uh, Wiggins, but they huh? have what? You said talent, and you had you said Wiggins in the same sentence, huh? <laughs> I mean, he was That's the crazy. number one overall pick, and mm-hmm. I mean Anthony Bennett was too. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's not put Wiggins and Bennett in the same sentence. I mean, Wiggins well, they're both Canadians. Uh, yeah. we, well, true. <laughs> Wiggins did average 24 a game two years ago. I mean, come, come on. He's talented. Yeah, we'll give him that. It's not like he's, uh, you know, Anthony Bennett who got drafted number one overall and then it looked like his, uh, his talents got sapped away like in Space Jam. <laughs> well, were, were we sure the talent was there in the first place? That's to be debated, but <laughs> I'm just saying is that scouts must have saw something. Um, but, anyway. but Josh, I, I, so you have a, it seems like you have a a uh, pretty big opinion on the Timberwolves. I'll let you go first. What, what do you what do you think? And Andrew Wiggins, just so you know, the, the couple of nicknames that he has here is Maple Jordan and Junior Jordan. So there's other Maple people. Maple Jordan and Jun- Junior Jordan. Like what 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 does Jordan mean? Like Michael. I think they're referring to Michael. Jordan Farmar. Wow. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it's Jordan Farmer. I've, I've never, I've never heard anyone call him Junior Jordan. Well, what was the uh, uh, real quick, Alex? What was the nickname Ben Simmons? You said the, the Wizard of Oz. Oh yeah, the Yank and the Wizard of Oz. Apparently, that the first one just sounds offensive, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know where don't basketball know reference basketball finds reference these pages. nicknames. But yeah, Josh, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you go first on, on what you think the uh, Timberwolves will do this year. Minnesota has a lot of problems right now. Uh, literally, as we record this, uh, apparently Jimmy Butler went at all of his teammates in practice, and then he came on uh, to do an interview with Rachel Nichols, and he was like, "No, Cat came up to me and said anyone could get this work," and he's like, "All right, do it to me then." And then that's apparently how it all started. Who's this beef really between? Is it between Butler and Cat? Or is it mainly between Butler and Wiggins? Or is it just everybody there? He just doesn't want to be there. I think it's everybody there. I mean, I remember him saying, well, I don't actually, I don't know if he actually said it or not, but I remember hearing rumors that he didn't think the young guys on the team, and it was like, quote, young guys, um, didn't. Good thing they didn't say talent, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They didn't put forth like enough effort and they weren't, they didn't love the game enough, like that kind of stuff. 
Um, so he kind of came at all of them. And then after requesting the trade, Andrew Wiggins' brother came at Butler. Uh, so then that whole beef started with Wiggins after that. And then Cat was just kind of in there like like the whole season. Butler was kind of like, eh, I, don't, I can't really play with this guy. Yeah, so it sucks the position the Minnesota Timberwolves are in. I'm surprised they even broke that long uh, playoff drought that they had last year because with Jimmy Butler going down, I thought, yeah, they're going to be slipping out of the playoffs and maybe a team like the Nuggets would have slipped in. It would be cool to see the Nuggets last year, but I feel like it might have been a little bit too early for them, and this year we'll talk about them soon. But they didn't – let me see. Who, who else did they bring in? Kata Bates-Diop, they drafted him. They yep. brought in Derrick Rose. Um, well, they had Derrick Rose uh, last year. Oh, they year. had – you're right. They uh... – they didn't change Josh, Anthony Tolliver? Josh Akoji. Yeah, Tolliver's new. Uh, yeah, Josh Akoji's new. They brought in. If they, if they struggled that much last year with the pretty much identical roster, it's oh, going to be Dang too. <laughs> crazy <laughs> to see what happens this upcoming season. And, so, and yeah, I, Jimmy right. Butler's the life, the life of the Minnesota Timberwolves. And uh, I see them. I don't even see them making playoffs with Jimmy Butler, to be totally honest. Okay. I yeah, like. I I would agree there. Um, I don't see um, if Jimmy Butler stays, maybe they can scratch and claw their way to a playoff. If they'll they can be fix like that the chemistry. Nuggets, like last year. Yeah, I I, I, I agree there. Um, I do think this team has it has some talent with Carl Anthony Towns and, and yeah, Wiggins. Carl Anthony. You, know, you could you could just end it there. I I've been Towns. a Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, I saw a video of him on YouTube when he was in eighth grade. And I went to my uncle and my cousin, and I said, this kid is going to be the number one overall pick in the draft. He's going to be the next big thing in basketball. And they laughed at me. Well, four years later, he was the top five recruit in the country. And they're like, okay, wow, you saw that coming. Whatever. Then he goes to Kentucky. Wins, go, they go 38-0 before they lost to Wisconsin. And he was the number one pick in the draft. And they didn't understand how when I saw his kid play in eighth grade, I said it. But So he's from a, ta- a few towns over from me. I've, I've always watched his career. I've always rooted for him to do well. He played against my high school his freshman year. Um, so I like Towns, and I hope things work out for him. But, yeah, like I said uh, – I don't think Towns is the problem for the Minnesota No, I don't, I don't either. No. I do think um, – The, the he, other quote-unquote talented guy is. <laughs> I do think that Towns has to work on some things to get to the next level, to get where he wants to be. Uh, he did make his first All-Star game last year. But – yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think that they are they made they scratched and clawed their way to an eight seed last year, and I don't think they're going to do that again. Uh, I think they'll be in striking distance, but in the Western Conference, there's not that's not like like in the Eastern Conference, being in striking distance, you you can make it it forty two wins, um, but being in the Western Conference, if striking distance, it doesn't really mean anything because there's ten or eleven teams that can make the playoffs every year coming out of the West, so. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna knock them down um, about four to five wins. So last year they went 47 and 35 uh, uh, with this turmoil, with the uncertainty of what they're gonna do with Butler. Uh, I'm gonna say they're gonna probably be around 42 wins and right over 500. So 42 and 40, which yes, won't make the playoffs. You remember when they had Zach Levine and Chris Dunn and the seventh overall pick, which turned into Laurie Markin, and yeah, that was yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, times. Tom Thibodeau wanted to turn the Timberwolves into the Timber Bulls, so that was. So is, like, is it is it Thibodeau's fault? I I don't I because he's the president and coach, isn't he? I believe yes. so. Something like that. So I, he kind of has the shots a little bit. I would say well, it's Thibodeau's fault. 
Well, his, his, thought process, now. his thought process, I guess, was, let's see, this didn't win us a championship four years ago in, in Chicago, so if I relocate to Minnesota and drop Joakim Noah, then maybe we can win a championship, and it clearly isn't going to work out in Minnesota. Well, they should stop giving these coaches like GM positions to pick and choose their players. I agree with that point. And Unless it's someone like Popovich, but true. But even Popovich didn't really want that that responsibility. Well, do you, now, do you no. think they they should? Uh, do Do you agree with the trend of giving these recently retired players like Elton Brand and potentially James Jones uh, the reins as GM? Because I'm very interested to see how those two go. I, mean, I go ahead. It could be better than having Doc Rivers or like Stan Van Gundy as the coach GM type. You know, I guess right. at the end of the day, it's no matter who they put at GM, it's better than having Billy King there. So well, that's very true. But the the big biggest thing with GMs is it's all about relationships. So if you have a player who you know was popular with the other players in the league and was friends with a lot of guys. That's huge, especially so, a guy who has played at least somewhat recently, like within the last five years. So what you're saying is Baron Davis is going to leave the big three and play in Philly? <laughs> hey, I mean, if he wants to be a six man, I'll take Baron Davis. Six man, huh? <laughs> He's a six man in the big three, and they only play three. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Hey, if he wasn't if he wasn't hurt, the championship of the big three would have went completely differently. No, I'm just playing. Um, but yeah, I, I love talking about the Timberwolves because I have like a personal vendetta against them, to be honest. Uh, because back what like two three years ago, I had to sit here and just you know get beaten with all sorts of news stories that uh, Minnesota's rebuilding the right way. The Sixers aren't rebuilding correctly. The Minnesota Timberwolves are rebuilding the right way. Orlando's rebuilding the right way. All these other teams rebuilding. To be totally honest, <laughs> nobody knows where Orlando's going. Um, and so you know, I just sat here and was like, "Hey, I mean, I'm." It was like Friday, like, I'll stop talking, but as soon as the Sixers get good again, I'll start talking again. Um, And, you know, after all of that, look where we are now. We're in this huge drama situation with the the Timberwolves. Um, Orlando still is going on, like, year 15 of rebuilding. Um, And the Sixers are looking to be uh, top two, if not top three, um team in the entire eastern conference so you know it it, to me personally it's fun to talk about this kind of stuff but uh yeah i'm knocking the timberwolves down a few pegs uh like they have to get a deal done with uh with butler because nothing is going to go well for them if they don't um like personally i think it would be awesome if jimmy butler pulled like a terrell owens and just started doing sit-ups in his driveway um I think that would be hilarious. What if what if he pulled a Kawhi Leonard? Would that be hilarious? Which uh... Kawhi Leonard? The not saying anything or the awkward laugh? Oh, I'm <laughs> talking about the not playing the entire season, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I mean, I don't be... think he would do that. I, if, I just don't see that out of Jimmy Butler. If he sat yeah. out the whole season but still talked trash, that would be hilarious. Hmm. I think that'd be I, pretty funny. I just want to give you a quote that Jimmy Butler said to Rachel Nichols which um, I think is pretty telling or it just says a lot. He goes, who is the most talented player on our team? 
Cat, who is the most God-gifted player on our team. Wiggs, who plays the hardest? Me. It, 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 he just he he's he, not it's wrong. Like a, it's like a compliment and an insult at the same time. Yeah, it's like a backhanded compliment. I mean, um, he's not wrong though. No, it definitely isn't. It's just, <laughs> you have three guys like that. Big three could be a lot better than it's playing, and the talent around them isn't bad. It's just, and I never, I never want to like. I, personally, I hate sitting back and say and like trying to judge a guy's effort because I'm not there. Like I, I don't see them in the gym all the time. Whatever. Um, but the fact that, you know, like Jimmy Butler's bringing all of this to light, whether it be true or, you know, a little exaggerated, whatever, but you know, that's, you, you like look at some of the greatest players that we've seen so far and, you know, that is the biggest degree of separation is the guys who play the hardest. Like LeBron played all 82 games and like led the league, almost led the league in minutes last year. Or if he, I think he did lead the league in minutes, um, and that's at his what? What was it? Fifteenth season. Um, and then you know you always have the stories of Kobe going to the gym at like four a.m. or the crack of dawn and and staying in the gym for hours and hours and hours. Uh, Butler had that story where the one summer before he became like an all star, he literally uh, like cut off all of his electricity. And pretty much lived in the gym every single day that entire off season. Like when you have a guy with that kind of work ethic, most of the time those guys expect at least a similar kind of work ethic from the rest of their team. But as we be as we've come to know, not many of these guys in the league have that same kind of passion. Some of these guys literally are in the league for the money, like Andrew Bynum. <laughs> well, he's not in the league anymore, but but uh, Jimmy Butler, yeah, Jimmy Butler's always been that kind of guy, though. He, uh, if I remember correctly, he he had to go to the JUCO route before going to Marquette. Then he yep. was at Marquette, and he was a great player at Marquette, and he was drafted 29th overall or 30th, somewhere late, like 28, 29 overall. And then he had to earn his playing time with the with the uh, Bulls. So it's like he's had the scratch and claw his whole career, and now that he's whatever you put him top 10 top 15 top 20 wherever you want to put him in the league uh he doesn't want to take his foot off the gas and then you have these two two guys who were drafted number one overall and it's almost like they okay they put jimmy butler with them and they kind of rested on their laurels so i got we're just we could just roll the ball out there and we'll be good and he doesn't want to see that and i don't blame him he's 29 he's not 24 or 23 like the other two so um you know it's definitely good to see it's just it's causing friction because of the other two guys not being on the same page with him. Right. And, you know, for a guy who came out and said, uh, when Chicago got the, the new coach, his name's slipping my mind right now. Um, uh, Fred Hoiberg. Hoiberg, yes. When Hoiberg came on, there was that whole thing about Jimmy saying, like, you need to coach us harder. Like, any time a player says that, you know that's one of those players that is, like, literally lives in a gym like those are usually the only players that will ever like ask a coach to like you know run harder practices run harder drills coach harder that kind of thing um and so you know like this uh, hearing all of this about like this practice and like how this team is gelled and like and then hearing all of the deficiencies from from the young guys like isn't very surprising to me but all in all 
Um, I, I do think they'll they'll lose some wins here. I think they'll go down to, um, I think they'll go down to forty wins actually, uh, and they'll also miss the playoffs. Uh, and I think they'll finish in last in the division. Um, and I actually saw an interest. Someone proposed an interesting trade over Twitter, and it was essentially there was a couple fillers in it, but it was essentially DeRozan for Butler. Uh, well, I don't think the Rosen could be traded until December. Really? So, well, isn't there the rule like if you? Re- I know it's. I mean, it might just be with free agents, but I know it's like if you acquire a guy, acquire a guy, you can't trade him for like sixty days or something. Okay. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't sure really what the rule was, but I don't know. That was intriguing to me because Butler on a Popovich-led team, I think, would be pretty cool, even though he would also probably yell at LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, And then DeRozan with guys like Wiggins and Towns, although him and Wiggins kind of have the same game. Mind you, the trade hasn't happened yet, but who? what player out there in the league would be a perfect ideal teammate for Jimmy Butler? That's a good question. LeBron. Um, well, yeah. LeBron would be uh, the perfect teammate for anybody. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's a that's a very good question. Um, I, I'm just thinking star players. Uh, yeah, so would it make the most sense for Houston? Because Chris Paul, I feel like Chris Paul and him are kind of the same player, yeah. you know, like a junkyard dog. I yeah, I can say that. They're, they're both kind of cut from the same cloth. Uh, True. That's a good question. I, I would have to think on it, but I, I don't think he would fit in San Antonio. No lie. Oh yeah, I mean he still. I think he still would. Uh, yeah, because San Antonio is more of like a finesse team rather than like a you know like a bruising team. Um, I'd say maybe maybe um, maybe Oklahoma City and make that a big three. Um, I mean, last big three Oklahoma had didn't go so well, so you know. Well, True. That, that was... Give it a few seasons before forming another one. Yeah. Honestly, I would like to see Butler, since he is more of a hard-nosed defensive kind of guy. You I would love. Jazz. There's the answer. I was just gonna say that. Literally. No, no, wait, wait, wait. I got it. I got it. I got it. Big three: Spencer Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, Jimmy Butler. <laughs> oh God. Uh, next year. <laughs> But yeah, I, I was literally gonna say Utah Jazz. I would love to see that. I think that'd be I would think that'd be really cool. The Maybe only Donovan thing Donovan Mitchell, that'd be nice. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell, Butler, and uh and Gobert. I, I yeah. would like I would I would put them up there. I, I think that's a, a solid I think big the three. Utah Jazz right now are essentially the LeBron James. Like any any star player can go there and they'll fit perfectly well. Yeah. I I really wish they didn't uh Lose Gordon Hayward. I would have loved to see Gordon Hayward on that team, like with Donovan Mitchell. Oh yeah, um, that would have been but, great. And but, I especially would have loved to see him not in the Atlantic Division because I hate having to play against him. Well, also, even though we didn't, we even though we didn't play as a Nets fan, we didn't play against him because he got injured in Game One five minutes in. But I don't want to play against him this year. Yes, yes. But moving on to the last team here, someone that Mike is very, very, very high on. We have the Denver Nuggets, who finished last in the division at 46-36, and 36, um, which would have been good enough for the 
like sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. Uh, we got the Denver Nuggets. So, Mike, since you are the one who says from a previous episode, and I quote, they will be the next Western Conference power. What are you thinking yeah. about the Nuggets this year? Yeah. I'm very bullish on the Denver Nuggets. I believe you're uh, wearing gonna... a Nuggets shirt right now, too. I am I am wearing a Nuggets shirt. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, and this is non-biased, I am, I am a Nets fan first and foremost. Uh, I'm going to say, as a bold prediction, they're going to be the team that goes worst to first. Now, I know uh, you know, earlier in this in this episode, I did say that the Jazz would be one of the teams competing for first. If they don't win it, then the Jazz will win it. That's my one-two right there. I think the Nuggets are loaded. Um, they're a year older. Uh, and I, I do think that the success that they have this season depends on the health of everyone, but it depends – like getting to the next level depends on the health of Michael Porter Jr. Uh, if he can be healthy and, and, and he can be – uh, able to contribute that the team is set up to win 50 plus games. If not, uh, I still think they're a 47, 48 win team. They brought in Isaiah Thomas, uh, Trey Lyles. Was he there last year? Was, oh yeah. He was part of the Donovan Mitchell trade. Um, but yeah. they're, they're deep. You got Jamal Murray, you got, um, Gary Harris, Will Barton, Paul Millsap, Nikola Jokic, who I think is a top 10 player in the NBA. He's very underrated sometimes. Uh, they're, but they're also deep on the bench with guys like Plumley, who plays a good role, and um, Isaiah Thomas, who they brought in. And then they have some young guys, J- Jared Vanderbilt, uh, aforementioned Michael Porter, um, Tyler Lydon's an all right player, Juan Hernan Gomez is an all right. Malik, Malik Beasley was rated high coming out of high school. I don't know if he'll ever live up to that. But I do like them a lot. Uh, it's very... Um, it's very it's very contingent on them staying healthy, uh, but I'm gonna give them a prediction of I'll say 52 and 30. It's a bold prediction, but I'm high on the Nuggets, so I, I'm gonna stick with it. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go 52 and 30. What about you, Josh? You're saying they're going to be one of the best teams in the West, essentially? I, I, I am. Behind the Rockets and the Warriors, maybe. Yes. He said the next hmm. Western Conference power. Maybe in the coming years, but as of right now, I don't oh, think no, not this year. Not this year. I don't think this year they're going to be like a sixty or something win team. But okay. he's two, saying three like years after now, Golden State, when when the Warriors are thirty-two and their core is broken up a little bit, I think the um, I think the Nuggets are going to be the next team that steps in there. Okay. Uh, what I see on the surface is that they got a quote-unquote max player in Isaiah Thomas that signed for the minimum. I think he's the guy that you want to look out for on the Denver Nuggets that's going to be able to take them to the next step. And just, just like Dennis Schroeder, a possible six-man-of-the-year candidate, he's going to be coming off the bench most likely because why start guys like Murray and Harris when you know you can have a deeper bench? Right. Um, other than that, yeah, I, I see them making the playoffs. I see them finally getting over the the ninth seed, if that was a seed in the Western Conference, uh, finally making it and possibly like a four through six seed. Because I'm looking at I'm looking at the Western Conference standings right now. A lot of the teams, Blazers, Thunder, Jazz, Pelicans, even Spurs and Timberwolves are like a game or two apart. So it could really depend 
on other teams, to be totally honest. But I like the Nuggets. This year, I feel... Next year, rather. Next year is going to be the year, hopefully, in free agency, they're able to sign a player to go alongside Jamal Murray and Gary Harris and Jokic especially. Maybe another power forward. Paul Millsap's getting up there in age, and he was injured last season. So if he could stay healthy, uh, good thing is coming for the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. So let me let me ask you this. You said a guy in free agency. Um, Chris what do you think of this lineup? Know. What do you think of this lineup? Now, it's this is, this is looking way ahead. Um, but... If Michael Porter Jr. is healthy, and he becomes like a Ben them? Simmons type player, I don't know. That's high praise. I, I mean, he obviously has a better jump shot than Ben Simmons, but I think the three of us have a better jump shot than Ben Simmons. And I've never seen the two of you guys play basketball. That being said, uh, what do you, what do you think of them getting Jimmy Butler in free agency and going to like a, a lineup of Murray, Harris, Butler, and Porter as Porter as the four because he is six ten. Especially if Porter can, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be Ben Simmons, but if that is like his ceiling, that's a pretty good ceiling, even though, if, you know, who knows what he's going to be able to turn out into. But, yeah, they're missing a small forward or just forward role in general because Paul Millsap, solid player, just not a part of their future long term, I feel like. So uh, Jimmy Butler would be a perfect fit, to be totally honest, if Porter can, you know, start first season or next year. I like it. Okay. Okay. Actually, what you just said about Chris Middleton, I love that fit too. Um, I'm a big Chris Middleton guy in general, but uh, I I think Chris Middleton can fit in pretty much any team. Um, but I, I would really love to see him uh, on this team. I think that would be amazing. Um, yeah, they just need that one more guy. Yeah. Yeah, completely that, agree. That, that guy that could defend, shoot threes, and... Michael Porter, I feel like his potential, like the way he comes back and plays for the Denver Nuggets team is going to be huge because they right. he essentially the steal of the draft slipped all the way down to the Denver Nuggets. What was he, like the 14th pick? Yeah. 14? Yes. Something like that? Projected, yes. once upon a time, projected number one overall pick. So if he could get back to that state, it's going to be scary. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember during the draft there was rumors that the Nets – uh, we're going to make a trade that would involve uh, Kenneth Freed and pick 14. And obviously, months later, they made the same trade. It was just this year's pick. And it was 1-12 to 12 protected. So I think the Nuggets were going to make that trade with the Nets until Porter slipped. Once Porter slipped, they were like, okay, well, what's better? Let's take the chance on Porter or let's just trade away this pick and get the cap room. And yeah, and as a Nets last fan, year, last a, year didn't go so well when they traded away their pick, huh? <laughs> you know, I, I already brought up Billy King in this podcast. Do, do we have to continue to, uh, uh, you know, bring up bad memories? No, I, I, it's. I was hoping the Nets would have pulled the trigger on that, or I guess the Nuggets would have pulled the trigger on that trade before the draft, so that we would have had Michael Porter. But no, I, I it was a good move by them, and yeah, his the his his health is a big part. Uh, yeah, big key of their future. So. I'm hoping it materializes to some extent this year, but we'll see what happens. And Alex, I'll let you give your prediction. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm also 
pretty high on the Nuggets. Uh, I also do believe that they still need like one, maybe two tweaks here and there. Um, a lot of guys I like. I've been hearing a lot of good things about Beasley so far this offseason um, and leading up to uh, this preseason. There's been a lot of things about him. Like He seems to be really focused in on, on getting better, getting the team better. Uh, I love Murray and Harris. Um, always been a big Millsap fan. Um, one guy I did like, I think he was playing in summer league was Monty Morris, um, or Monte Morris. Sorry. Uh, I, 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 he was showing like some really good things in, in, uh, in summer league. Um, and for the 51st overall pick, like if he can become a contributor, I think that that's huge in and of itself. Uh, I do like them taking a flyer on Isaiah Thomas as well. Uh, like you alluded to earlier, Josh, uh, I think, you know, pairing him with a guy like Barton coming off the bench, I think that could be very, very dynamic. Um, and so uh, there's just a lot of pieces with this team to like. There's a, a lot of guys who can do a lot of different things, um, of course, led by somebody like Jokic, who really the biggest thing with him that you really just need to get at least a little bit better is his defense. Like if he can just be, you know, an average to slightly above average defender, then I mean, that's like that's a ginormous jump just right there. I mean, after averaging 18, 10 and six as a center. Uh, that's that's humongous. He almost shot forty percent from three too on three on almost four attempts. Um, so I mean, the more this guy just keeps getting better, the better the team is gonna get. Um, and so I have them actually up at fifty wins. Um, so for me, I have them at. Yeah, I think second in the division. Hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I think it's going to come down to them and the Nuggets. I mean, I'm sorry, them and the Jazz. Right. Uh, to who wins the division. But like like we saw last year, there's five teams in this division that could win it. They're all closely, um, you know, close in talent, close in, in ability. So uh, within the Timberwolves being that, like, wild card because we don't know what they're going to do. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's gonna be an interesting division. It'll probably again be the most competitive division in the NBA. So how the season tur- how the season turns out between them is uh, is something to to watch for. And uh, yeah. I, I'm hoping it's the Nuggets because I like I've been saying all summer I'm very high on them. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if one of the other five teams wins the division. So with that being said, and since we are now wrapping up the Western Conference predictions here, uh, who do you guys have as the eight seeds in the Western Conference making the playoffs? Josh, I'll let you go first. Uh, I was trying to pull up my list real quick, but I forgot I deleted it because I already made the videos. But if I go to look at my YouTube channel really quickly, I don't know if I posted the video yet, but I believe I had... I'm stalling as I wait for it to load. <laughs> uh, I'll go first. I'll go first. I'll go first. Um, so I'll go first. I'll say the Warriors reclaim the top spot. I know. I'm going out on a win there. Uh, such a hot take. Uh, two, <laughs> I will say, will be the Rockets. Three, will be the winner of this 
aforementioned Western Division, and uh, since I said it was the Nuggets, I will say the Nuggets. Uh, four will then be followed up by the Utah Jazz. Actually, uh, no, I'm sorry. Four will be the Lakers. Five will be the Utah Jazz. Um, after that, I, I'm going to say six will be the Oklahoma City Thunder, and then followed by the San Antonio Spurs at seven and the New Orleans Pelicans at eight. Yeah, and the Timberwolves okay. will finish outside the play- playoffs at nine, and Clippers ten, and then the rest will be all below five hundred. Okay. I'm going off the videos that I have up. I have the Pelicans at eight, and okay. although both of you have highly praised the Denver Nuggets, I feel like it's going to be one of those seasons where it's like a game or two apart that a majority of the Western Conference teams are in. So I have the Nuggets at seven because I don't think they're going to make as huge of a jump as you guys are saying, but that'd be cool. That'd be cool to see. Uh, six, I have the San Antonio Spurs. Wait, do I? Who's six? Did I skip a team? I might have skipped a team. Uh, I, don't, I don't know who you when had. Pelicans, it. Nuggets, Spurs. That's always... Pelicans, Nuggets, Spurs. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me, let me just go Warriors, one. Okay. Rockets, two. I skipped the Jazz. Okay, forgot about the Jazz. Warriors, one. Rockets, two. Warriors one, Rockets two, Thunder three. That's I'm just looking at the notes I have. Yeah, I got jazz. You. Uh, not jazz. Lakers four, Spurs five, Jazz six. six. Okay. Nuggets seven, Pelicans eight. Hopefully that makes sense. Okay. I was all over. The place. Uh, I got you. That uh, that's interesting. I have um, so I have Warriors one as well, Rockets two. I have Jazz at three. Um. And then I have the Lakers at four, uh, Nuggets at five, the Thunder at six, um, and then I believe I had the Pelicans or the Spurs at seven, Pelicans at eight. Okay, so me and you pretty much are the same. We just flipped the Jazz and the Nuggets, and uh, Josh seems to be very high on, on the Thunder. On the Thunder, which you said might be subject to change based on Andre Roberson being out, but yeah, it's uh. But at the same yeah. time, all those teams it's be super close. Yeah, all all those yeah. teams that we just uh, talked about were within two wins of each other last season. Like they were all either at the forty-eight, forty-seven, or forty-six win mark. So literally, all of those guys could change if one if one you know game-winning shot misses or one game-winning shot goes in. So yep. the Western Conference is interesting and uh, can't wait to see what happens. So that is it for us, Josh. We appreciate you coming on. Um, it, you can no go ahead and let the people know where they can find you on social media and everything. Yeah, uh, my name is Josh Enviers. I have a YouTube channel, like I said in the beginning. I post NBA content, talk a little about music, uh, do art, etc. You can find me everywhere at Enviers. It's Envy and then E-R-Z. A lot of people get my name confused, or especially when typing it in the comments, I see a lot of misspellings and it's like, yeah, it's not that, it's just a made-up word, you know, it's not that hard. But <laughs> thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, thank you. No problem at all. And of course, to everyone, we will have his the link to his YouTube channel in the description of the episode as well. And you guys should definitely check that out. 
As always, check out basketballsocietyonline.com. Plenty of fresh content coming through there. And check out all the other podcasts at the Underdog Sports Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, well, actually not Spotify yet, but um, SoundCloud um, and Google Play. And we thank you guys for listening to another episode, and we'll catch you guys next week. Peace. See ya.